This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for taking the time to download this episode of the Manchester Football Social. In tonight's show... Very honoured to be joined in the studio by former professional Alan Tong. Talks about what he's doing now and how he was led to that by injury, which forced him to leave the game. Plus, we've got Danny and Alex, so we talk about all things City and United. And we even move across to another city, talking about a certain tweet that happened over in Sheffield. And could this be a change in terms of sportsmanship in the game? Anyway, that's all in tonight's show. Hope you enjoy it. Manchester Football Social. But right now, there is a 100% chance... Of football chat happening. Uh, welcome to the Manchester Football Social. This is what we do every weekday. And with me in the studio, representing the red half of Manchester. I feel like it should be a ding ding and a give out your weight right now. <laughs> Two stone overweight. That's my weight. Uh, Alex Boardman, representing Man United. Good evening. Hiya. Uh, and uh, over in the blue corner, looking a little bit ripped and fresh from holiday. Ripped? Ripped? That's just my jeans. No, that's, just, that's about it. Just, just in comparison to Alex. Uh, Danny Jackson, how are you? Yeah, that's not hard. Good evening, yeah. Anne. Good evening. I feel like I'm, uh, uh, you know, I listen to the Sunday show and uh, I feel like I'm in the presence of greatness. So uh, thanks for inviting me along. Hey, well, you're, you're, you're the city square man. And of course, you know, it's, it's, it's all, it all goes around. It's a, it's a loving tonight. It is. But uh, I don't think that will last for long. Uh, we'll see. If you want to get in on well, the not when me and Alex are generally no. in the same studio. It doesn't last very long. Yeah, there, there is a little of an ongoing uh, battle, but we'll see where that goes. Uh, if you want to get involved tonight as well, as always, uh, a couple of different ways to get in touch with us. 0345 7625 on the phones, or Alex's favourite way is via the text always. Yeah, is it 87711? So it's only because that's the one he remembers. Can I do Twitter then? Is that right? Yeah. It's at MCR Footy Social. Yeah, and all those methods uh, for you to get in touch with us uh, nice and easy and uh, uh, just, just come and say hello. And uh, we're going to talk about all things City and United. And I see we've got a very special guest has just turned up as well. He's been very well behaved and waiting outside the studio. But if the door opens, I think we can allow that, can't we? Oh, yeah. It's, it, this, is, this is what happens when we're, we're rolling fast and loose. Couple of things to talk about tonight. Um, so, should we start with FA Cup tickets? Yeah. 
<laughs> Obviously, it doesn't. I suppose it doesn't concern Alex. So maybe you I thought you were going to say you've got some then. for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, giving them away tonight. Are you, Ant? Are you so, feeling flush? So, if, you, if you've not seen this tonight, um, after all the the hoo ha there was, and some of the some of the, I think you paid about seventy quid for yours, didn't you, Danny? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, some of them were one hundred and forty-five pounds. Yesterday, Wembley released tickets priced at just forty-five pounds. Which can I just say? First of all, that's great—a forty-five pound ticket. For a final. Comes However, with a pair of binoculars as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but still it's been there, it's been part of yes, the atmosphere. But the, the problem is, is that um, a lot of people have already gone out and spent their money buying much more expensive tickets. Yeah, uh, you, you, you can't really, I suppose there's no right and wrong with this. I mean, the way that City have, uh, have done it, obviously people with the, 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 the relevant points will get more of an option. You know, there'll be different categories ranging from, I believe, £45 to about £250. And that's for a standard ticket that isn't even comfy seats or a brew or anything like that. So, you know... Uh, let's be honest. I mean, the FA are ripping us off, aren't they? Not just City; they're ripping everybody, they're ripping everybody off. Everybody yeah, off who gets to a, to a final. Uh, the, the Carabao Cup final was priced a little bit more sensibly. The FA Cup final, notoriously, is expensive to go to. You know, they feel like they, they're kind of doing everybody a favour by uh, by holding the prices from last year to this year. Well, thanks a lot. So, you know, some people now can't afford to take the kids uh, because you know it's particularly at this point where the majority of the tickets are sold up until these new batch coming in, you might be looking at 250 quid a ticket. I mean, you mm. could afford to take, you know, your wife, your two kids uh, to, to go and watch a game. So they really are pricing fans out. It, it grates on me that uh, an away ticket, you know, for me, I still think the 20 is plenty campaign is is, sh- is right. Away shit tickets should be £20 in the Premier League, but they're not the 30, which is reasonable. Why the hell, how can the FA justify paying up to £250 for a standard ticket mm. to a football match it's just not right and I feel the pain of all the City fans, Watford fans this year that are probably having to shell out, cut corners, you know not not be able to go, not be able to take the kids because of the cost of the tickets it's a, it's a bit of a joke. Uh, I'm just going to pause for a minute and introduce the fourth musketeer who's joined us, Alan <laughs> Tong, how are you? How are you doing? You're uh, okay? Very well, welcome to the show Thank we're, you very much. Thanks, thanks for popping in um, and we're, we're going to talk lots to in a moment, but um, uh, did, did you ever make it to a final as, as a player? Very close. Yeah. Um, it was with Exeter City actually where was a, a, an old trophy back in the day called the Autoglass Trophy. Oh I remember oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember when you had like the Zenith date from the Leyland You just uh, see so. Niall's head prick up <laughs> then as that was said. Niall was saying before about, about this because he went to the Checker Trade only about three weeks ago and it is FA policy to release the cheaper tickets mm-hmm. after this. So they basically sell them from the top down, the top price tier down, which if you're a season ticket holder who qualifies for the first ticket, that does you no favours whatsoever. That's almost like you're being punished for having a season ticket and going to every game. It just doesn't make sense. See, the, now, the, I think part of the problem we're in is Wembley has become a business like so many things in football and it's got to make money and it's got to justify itself and I, I appreciate that and I understand that. But also from the fans' point of view, I mean, like, the opportunity to go to a final, whether you win or lose, to follow your team that whole day... You know, it's a little bit like how the, the, the coverage used to be on TV before. It would start at nine in the morning, you'd watch all those programmes mm. go on, and then it's the game at three and you go through that. If you go into the final, it's a similar sort of day. You're up early, you're on the bus or in the car or on the train heading down, and you always remember that day, whether it's the time that you spent with your dad or, like, hanging around getting that autograph or yeah. seeing that player on the corner. It was my first game. 
Wow. My first United game was the replay in 83. We beat Brighton 4-0. I got the day off school, sneakily off school, and we we drove down. It was just a magical day. And then at, we were stood at the train station at Wembley. It used to be an old train station. I don't think it's there anymore, the overground train. And we are just there waiting for a train, not knowing when would, any would come. And Gordon McQueen turns up with the cup on his head and all the players <laughs> appear around him. And then a train pulls into the station. They all get on first class. And there's about 20 people at the station. And one of them just open mouth going, this is like the best day of my life ever. Now, there's no way we could have afforded the equivalent of a 200 quid ticket. And it was probably like, I don't know, Eight quid in those days, maybe I don't know. I was like nine or ten or something. I mean, part, part of me feels like we're, we're whinging a lot about costs at the minute, and I think that, that there's a valid reason for that. But at the, same time, <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, should we just go like you know, like if we don't like it, let's just do something that's cheaper? Is that a valid option? No, no, because this is the this is the thing I always think with that is it was a game that was for working people really it was accessible for everyone traditionally you know the the middle classes and the upper classes were never interested in football even throughout the 80s with the whole hooliganism thing then possibly in the 90s when sky got involved it became a bit more glamorous but i mean i can remember being at school there were all the lads liked football at school and some of the teachers were a bit sniffy and if you was like oh i'm going <laughs> with my granddad to the football and like, oh what do you want to do that for you know that kind of Attitudes. Mm. It's only the last 20, 30 years that it's become so expensive and so... And it's, and it's wrong. It is Ma wrong. Maybe if you'd gone to school instead of bunking off so much, you would have been able to afford <laughs> it these days. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, I don't know if you've seen this, um, was a lot of conversation about uh, Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday today um, about a tweet that has been sent. I don't know if you saw... Did you see this, Alan? Uh, just uh, the lad was telling me on me on my way in, is it congratulating Sheffield United on the promotion? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Season. Now, can I ask you... So one thing that I, I found in common with footballers that I met, former professionals, current professionals, is even after they've long out the game, they're still very, very competitive. So could you see yourself ever congratulating, say, City for winning something? It's tough, isn't it, to do that? But yeah. sometimes you got to. I suppose this season is a bit different because if we if we do win something, we took it out of the hands of uh, of Liverpool. Mm. So most United fans will probably be a bit more open to it this season, I guess. Yeah, well, it's it's been a it's been a strange season for United it's fans, hasn't it? It's, it's probably worst on record, isn't it? Like not yeah. knowing who to follow, who to support, which, which which way to turn. So it's been a real difficult one, but. To be honest with you, sometimes you've got to be the bigger person and say, you know, well done and we'll, we'll hopefully get back on your tails next season and, and try and get amongst it. Well, just to pick up on what Alan's saying, we, did I not read, because you're part of the Humans of Manchester podcast yeah, yeah, and stuff, yeah. and I think I read in the blurb as well, were you not the first player that Alex Ferguson signed? Yeah, that's right. Well, Sir Alex came in November 86 and uh, I was on trial at Christmas and he, he, offered me, he offered me forms like in January 87. So, so if there's any player that can beat that in relation to yeah, the, yeah. the form I'll, I'll sort of you're in pretty good company there aren't you with yeah. some of the people that yeah. like, over I the wonder years. if Anderson, I always thought Viv Anderson was the first like pro yeah. maybe, maybe I was wrong yes but this so we were talking about this before and they were saying oh it's really wrong and I'd hate it if my club did that but 
correct me if I'm wrong, because you were there and you saw yeah. it all the time. Yeah. When Ferguson lost the league, for instance, to Arsenal, uh, when there was a big rivalry and when he lost it to Blackburn, possibly even to Leeds, he always seemed, I'm pretty sure, to be the first person to either pick up the phone or send like a bottle of wine or yeah. a crate of wine and with like the club, because he was being on behalf of the club, wasn't he? At yeah. the time, he was like all-encompassing. Yeah. So I only see this as an extension of that. And I just think it's like like a bit of class, really, a bit of look, well yeah. done, you deserve it. Yeah, well, I, I was in, I was at the uh, lucky enough to be at the ex-players association dinner last week, and and the city lads always have a table there, and it was Alan Gowling did a little bit of a, a speech at the start, and he he just said that what great friends the the city and United lads are. Of course, battling over the 90 minutes and, you know, and it's your club that you're playing for, it's your badge that you're playing for and, you, and you're scrapping against each other, but off the pitch like, a, you know, re real good friends. And Yeah, you know, and I so. guess there's, there's so many links as well. Obviously, there's international links. You even saw it in the derby in the tunnel before, like, because the players know each other so well and that can be from playing against each other, playing with each other at former clubs, even doing commercials together. Yeah, with the way see, the that I disagree is. with. Before a game, when they're all hugging each other, I think... Do it in private after if you want, but don't be like, oh, we're all lined up in the tunnel. Give us a cuddle because we're both French or we're both Belgian. Or it's no. Yeah. But I, what, my what my my view my view on this is, I just think the game's gone. <laughs> why, why why would you why would you? I mean, all right, maybe a tweet from the official account to say congratulations, Sheffield United, they got promotion. You know, not an official statement to say well done and a big reason around it. Mm. You know, I, if I if we win the treble this season, last thing I want is United <laughs> tweeting to tell us. You well can't done. win the treble. I you want not take the Champions I want, League by I want you, well, this, it's a domestic treble, never been done. So just <laughs> just, just, just point now, we'll be the first to do it. But even so, um, I don't. I want these lot wallowing in self pity, crying that they can't type. Things on a Twitter because they're just pure envy of what we're doing. I don't want any pats on the back from United. Yeah. I I, and if I'm a if I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan, seeing that, I'm thinking, are these guys having a laugh? I just don't get it. I think I, it's absolutely poor. As the ringmaster tonight, I've just got to pop in and just say, by United standards, actually, City have already well almost already won the treble because you include the charity shield. In oh, it. that's true. That was that was right. You'll find out by United standards, the trebles an FA Cup, a league, and a European. Cup. That's that treble, treble is three things. By if we win three standards. trophies, that is a treble. So. Is, is, is the problem that this, this tweet has come from the official club account, which isn't actually a person? So you don't know. It could be some somebody in PR. Some some somebody's had this idea. It's not necessarily representative of. Yeah, the but it club. gets signed off. You know, people like you know, like a lot of the players now have people that deal with their social media. But don't tell me that they put a tweet out without getting verified by the person. You know, that's been verified by the club. Yeah, and it's an official club statement. It isn't just a tweet. It's a statement. I just don't get it, Alex. I, I don't, I, I don't see mind what's a little it. pat on the back. I, I but, don't think it is not a, a pat full on the blown, back. not a full blown letter. So. Saying how well they've done. I totally disagree as ever with Dan Good. because <laughs> Good. I think if if fans I think if I if I did it to you, oh well done on the league, congratulations, you were great. I think that's sickening. But if I was the manager of Manchester United or if I'm like the yeah, chairman but, or something, it's just different. It's right, a sport listen. firstly, and it's a touch of class. And also, do you know what else it does? It kind of goes when we won it all those times, it is really hard to win it, and we were congratulated by yeah. other. If Liverpool win right. it, 
I would have no okay, doubt saying enough. that Alex Ferguson, if he was still manager of United, would have fair, been the first enough. one to send Klopp a bottle of wine and say, well done, you totally deserve it. So that's the so, standard so I judge it by. By Ferguson. what you're saying then is you think they genuinely mean it, yeah? Doesn't matter if you uh, genuinely mean it No, no, wait a minute. Because that to Doesn't me is totally... Matter. Of course it does. It's a totally shallow thing to say. Well done, when actually the type of it, speaking to the people in their office going, I absolutely hate Sheffield United. Well, I can't believe I have to do Because that's probably what they're doing. They're not doing it out of the goodness of that. They're not doing it because they genuinely are happy. They're doing it for perception, for people to look at them and go, aren't they a good club for but doing it's that? it's their completely. job. So it's completely shallow, it's hollow, but and I don't want to hear how it. How many it's times rubbish. when you're at work or when you're, when you're doing something for work, do you have to shake somebody's hand you hate? Or sit opposite talking with someone you hate. Yeah, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like we're doing yeah, right now. But I wouldn't tweet. I wouldn't, you know, if I went to one of your gigs, you won't find me tweeting afterwards saying how amazing Alex Boardman is. Yeah. I would I mean, no, because I would have dished. Because I, 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 I don't lie. I don't lie for once. I think there is something in what you're saying. I think it'd be very different if Alex Ferguson sent over a bottle of wine, you'd go, that's a real classy gesture. And let's toast to that for a special occasion. If Mourinho was still there and he sent over a bottle of wine, I would get the bomb squad. I don't think he'd do it. That's the di- and that is the difference, and that's why I think it's a good thing if your club does it because it just shows that you're a you're a so, bit bigger. You're show the bigger me a person. good loser. Right, well, what's that statement? Is a statement, isn't it? It goes. Uh, you show know, me a good, a good loser. loser. I'll show, show you a loser. loser. To me, they don't mean it. It's just it's just pandering right, to the so let, to the masses. So it's rubbish. Let's be fair. The three of us have no idea what it's like to really be in the game. Alan's played. So let me ask you because. There seems to have been a lot of stuff this season with fans being more about other clubs. Obviously, a lot of stuff about, even just last week with Derby, United fans, not not a lot of them, but some saying they'd happily lose so that Liverpool didn't get in the league. And then th- there's this kind of stuff going on as well. But at the same time, we do seem to remember there being more sportsmanship back in the day. Do you think the game's changed? I think the money's changed it quite a lot. Um, I think... I don't know. It's always, it's, you know, like Danny was saying before, you, you're right, Danny. It's, it is about winning, isn't it, at the end of the day? Second is nowhere, they said. Yeah, and, yeah. And First loser. Yeah, you know, and, and it's like I say, we've, we've had a tough a tough season, a, the worst the worst ever that I can remember in relation to, you know, looking at who's winning this and who's going to win it. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I must say, I did take a little bit of, I saw a bit of humour in the situation when Aguero was, like Sterling's goal got cancelled out last week. Yeah, heartbreaking for. City. Of course he did, and I'd expect I, 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 that. I know, I'd I know. expect oh, that. Alan Song, yeah. I love you. No, that was I'd the best that, thing Alan. I saw. I, honestly, I'd expect that. that. I'd expect that. But at the same time, you know, your if if United tweet City, if we do a treble this season, saying, "Oh well, you've done," it's just not worth the typing. It's just not. It's shallow. Then, it's, but, it's meaningless. It's just pandering twi- twi- to people. Twitter's Twitter's a modern problem. Now you've talked about the money change of the game. Mm. An example of that, and this also happened this week, and great sportsmanship as well by Bielsa at Leeds, mm. where he insisted that they, because Leeds scored while one of the players was down injured, yeah. he insisted they even it up. And that potentially has cost Leeds promotion to yeah. the Premier League, and yeah. that is not cheap. Yeah, it was pandemonium at the end of that game, wasn't it, and what was going on. And But at the same time, ev- everybody's amazed and everybody's singing his praises, but we don't know what they're saying in the boardroom about him. I'm sure there's... No. A, well, also, there's pre- presumably people you've got bets on in that grind. You've bet on a one nil, or they've bet, and they're absolutely livid. Although the goal shouldn't, the, the Leeds goal shouldn't have happened anyway. I think the referee should have some sort of authority to just go. I'm wiping that out. 
and then it, everything subsequently that happened, so the player gets sent off. It's just they, nonsense. They mention stop the play for head injuries, don't they? So, yeah, they do. But um, I, again, I look at it in a bigger perspective. Like the kid could have a broken ankle or something. Yeah, he might yeah. Need treatment urgently, but it tends to be like, well, if it's in, it's not an head injury, keep playing. But so what would happen then? Because you were at United's youth team, you were in the yeah, reserves, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. say this, a similar thing happened. Player goes over. It's a bit different. There's not fifty, sixty thousand yeah. screaming. You can hear if you can hear impact. You can hear him go ah, and you know, yeah, don't you? Almost yeah. straight away. But would the referee wouldn't presume have the same kind of if a trainer wanted to run on and it's like a kid's injured, yeah. they would just run on, wouldn't they? Well, I sometimes see because my son plays. He's like he's sixteen. I was just coming, just doing his GCSEs, and I see it in schoolboy football, and you think to yourself. There's a kid down there in the box, so you, you, the parents always shout to the referee, yeah, right, yeah. you know, and he, and he stops it immediately because I think that like, you need you need as you need care as soon as you can get that on. So, yeah. so I kind of agree with that, but unfortunately, in our modern football, there's always lads who kind of like play on it a little bit to waste a bit of time. But unfortunately, I don't think there's anything we can do with that. Well, we're going to talk about injuries and uh, everything that you went through. And you can hear a lot more of that because you've just done uh, an interview with Clint Boone for our sister podcast, Humans of Excess Manchester. Yeah. Uh, you can find that in your podcast app whenever you want to. And uh, we're going to talk more to Alan and uh, with uh, Danny and Alex. If you want to get involved, 0345 We're back after this. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. Thanks very much for tuning in to the Manchester Football Social. I'm Ant McGinley. With me in the studio, uh, I have Alex Boardman representing Manchester United. Hello, Ant McGinley. Uh, I have uh, Danny Jackson from City Square representing the Blue Side. Good evening. And we're very privileged to be joined by somebody that not only played for Manchester United but was also signed by Alex Ferguson. Not many people can say that, is there? No, I'll score. I'm proud. Yeah, I mean, actually, if you think about it, there's probably a fair few because he was there for a long time. But, I mean, yeah. relatively in your career, that's, that's, that, that's pretty good. And the nice thing as well, you were just talking about that in, in the little break that we had, was at the minute, it's quite exciting, considering the players that you've got at City, for somebody like Phil Foden to come through and to be not just in the team, but... He scored in every competition this season, and and the fans love that. And obviously, I know for United fans, Alex, that Rashford over the last couple of years has been very exciting to see. Yeah, well, there's been own. there's a massive tradition at Old Trafford of it, and it's always been there. But it's some they're always my favourite players. Always, yeah. Rashford's my favourite player that current lot. And so. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say that you were the, the Phil Foden, the Marcus Rashford of your day. I wasn't. <laughs> far from it. But, far but, from but it. you're a Bury lad. Yeah, yeah. That gets picked. I mean, what's take us back to the story. So, so you, <laughs> what, what, when did you first meet United and yeah, Alex? To, to be honest, I think back then it, it's like obviously very different and used to play in sort of like your town teams. And I don't know if, you know, they, they still exist these days, but I don't know whether... There's more scrutiny on... It's more global. You know, when I was coming through the system, there was kind of... Used to play with lads from Newcastle and, and, and lads from Wales, lads from down south in the in the junior sides. But I think because the, the game's grown so much over this last 20, 25 years, you're, you're getting a lot of lads now in academy from the African countries, the Scandinavian countries, Europe. And so it's not you're not just up against the best lads in the UK. It's like you're up against the best lads globally. 
So for someone like Phil Foden to come through the system yeah. as a local lad, I mean, it's like you said before, Alex, it's all about, uh, it's great to see a local lad in your side, isn't mm. it? And I think that's my biggest bugbear these days in modern football. We don't see enough of them give, getting opportunities. Mm. You know, a lot of clubs pay millions and millions of pounds for players. And you think, if that youngster just had an opportunity of maybe five or six games, he could have done as well as that yeah. 34 well, million pound signing. Especially if you look at Ajax last night. You look yeah. at Ajax and you think, they, they've renowned for doing that. They're like probably the, the most famous club in Europe for having a youth system and they've won the Champions League with it in the past. Could very well do it again this season. Mm, yeah. And that team, sadly, will probably get picked well, apart. But yeah. The thing is, two years ago, they were in the Europa League final. Yeah, and they, basically, everybody was bought from there and they've come back, which is incredible. Yeah, well, it was a lot of it was that same team, the bare bones of it. And they were all really young and a lot of those players were on the bench. Yeah. So, And it just shows that he's an alternative model that works. Guardiola kind of did it at Barcelona as well yeah, because yeah. they've got a brilliant system. So maybe it is. Maybe so, it is the future. Um, so just think, because I was going to say Sir Alex, but of course when you would have met him, he was just Alex, he, wasn't he? He was, he was. Yeah. He'd come down from Aberdeen, didn't he? And unfortunately, Ron Atkinson had done all right at the time. You know, going back into the late, uh, the mid-80s there, he'd won a few FA Cups, but we was in the spell of chasing the title down, but... It took Sir Alex quite a yeah, few seasons to get it right. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that because if you again, uh, probably an indictment of the modern game is would Alex Ferguson in the modern game have got the time that he got to turn it around? He probably wouldn't. No, you know, no, when you he, base he it on, wouldn't. You know, we talk about now, I mean, we talk about, you mentioned there, Alan, the, you know, they're the, the getting kids in from all over the world yeah, yeah. rather than giving the youth of the, yeah. you know, the academies a chance. Yeah. It's because the demands now, especially for clubs like United and City, it's, it's success, it's Absolutely. winning things yeah, and managers might only be there two or three years are they going to take the risk on bringing some young kids through or are they going to bring people in that's ready made that can come in and, and immediately add, it, yeah. add impact so it's really difficult isn't it for it young is. was it was it as difficult I mean obviously we know about the class of 99 and everything else but yeah. was it really difficult to kind of you know to break through to that sort of first yeah. team sort of level you know is it was it as big a step as it maybe is now I, th I think it's all about levels. I mean, like you said, it, it's about getting an opportunity. And I think, I think what kind of was a bit unfortunate for me was quite a lot of lads were ahead of me at the time. So, like you said, you mentioned before about Viv Anderson coming in. So, mm. if Viv got injured, you, you could have like Paul Ince playing at right back. You could have Clayton Blackmore playing yeah. at right back. You could have. Was Duxbury uh, still there even? Duxbury. So, it's like you think, well, they yeah. have about seventh down the pecking order. So, I need about seven injuries in the club <laughs> to get an opportunity. Yeah. So, it wasn't going to happen. But. It's just that level. I, I just couldn't quite make that step up to get into the first team yeah. squad properly. Yeah. I had a little touch of it in little friendlies and, and on yeah. the fringe of it, but I think the next step there is the big one, isn't it? And yeah. uh, unfortunately, I just couldn't quite couldn't quite get there. We, we hear a lot today in the modern game about players that are just quite happy to be like that because they're on million-pound contracts and they can just sit there. I'm guessing that as a 16... How old were you when you signed? Uh, well, I, I, I went there as apprentice. Yeah. So I got like it was... A, I don't know what the scholars get these days, but I was on that old YTS. YTS, yeah. 28, yeah. £28.50, I. Wow. And I, six £6 a week bus pass to get me back to <laughs> Mega bucks. I bet yeah, you never <laughs> felt as rich, though, did you? I always remember that when I was an apprentice electrician. Yeah. I always felt like I had loads of money. I don't know how it worked. Yeah. It's because you were living with your mum, that's well, yeah. why. And I got my butties made yeah. every day. I had nothing to spend it on. Yeah. Does yeah. that make you a little bit, like, sad that you were born when you were born? I, it, do, it doesn't. You know what? 
on, I, I said this to Clint a couple of weeks ago on, on the on the Humans of Excess Manchester podcast. I honestly never thought about money once when I was coming through the system. And I said to Clint that, that sometimes the worry that I have with like these 9, 10, 11-year-olds going into academies, all of a sudden, if you're not careful, the parents are like a thousand miles in the future thinking yeah. he's going to be the next Rooney or he's going to be the next Aguero. And I think that's really dangerous. And you know what? You're absolutely right. Because I, as I said, then I'm in and around it, really. I've been in, me little lad's been in an academy system for four years and... You you do kind of sense it, not necessarily with the Berry lads, but maybe when we come up against the United or Liverpool uh, uh, City or whatever it is, you just get you almost get a little bit of arrogance from yeah. the parents, as yeah. if you know uh, it's it's worrying. It yeah. is completely worrying yeah. because, like you, you've got him in it for the love of the game. Yeah. You know, to yeah. apply your trade as a footballer to me, yeah, yeah you want to get paid for it, but you've made it, haven't yeah. you? If you're playing football for a living, <laughs> you know, maybe you you know you're not going to be necessarily absolutely loaded but no. you know playing in that time absolutely but you, you probably won't change your life for one minute would you well it's, it's like that you said from a from a financial perspective you can't you've not got the riches now because obviously in the modern day it's like if you if you get first team appearances i think you're more or less made in a, in a few much. Got, yeah. mm. in the premier league but i think say, i think yeah. what i always say dan is i say that my memories are worth my millions like Completely. playing with, playing yeah. with oh yeah opportunity to play with us like Giggsy and uh Brian Robson, Norman White, so big heroes of mine. You know that that's yeah, that's kind of mine, what, what's worth the most. So I read in Norman Whiteside's book because you brought him up yeah. then. Yeah, um, he I think when he signed because he made his debut at sixteen away at Brighton. Yeah. What of injuries combined and they stuck him on, and um, he said something like in in his book with his first contract he was on. The, the team was on a £250 win bonus. Mm. He was not on very much, probably... Yeah, yeah, like, apprentice uh, wages. Yeah, like maybe that, yeah. that 30 quid a week yeah. you were saying. And there was like a win bonus, there was a goal bonus, yeah, and then yeah. in one game, a few months in, he scored two goals. Yeah. And he was like, I've got 700 quid, it was more money than I ever yeah, saw. Yeah. So when you were playing with like Giggs and... Because yeah, uh, yeah. Giggs was the first one of that one. Yeah, three, he was, he was. Did... Did he sign like a? Was he going to sort of comparative? Or had the game sorted to change then? I, think, I think if you sh- if you're precocious like someone like Ryan was, I think you probably your first pro deal is going to be about four or five years. I think Phil Foden and he he signed a good sort of length yeah. contract recently. Was he is he about six, six years? Six, six years. years. Yeah, yeah. So it, it gives you that it gives you that boost and to really develop yourself. But unfortunately, I only got offered a one year deal, so, <laughs> so pressure's on you straight away. Yeah. And then, and I think when you, when you, when I went up from United and started dropping down the leagues, went to Exeter next. The contracts are getting shorter and shorter, and that, right. that's why I have a little bit of uh, sympathy for some of these lads. I, I call it down the food chain a bit. You know, you're only signing one and two year deals, and um, yeah. you know if you're if you're moving around or you only you only have a year somewhere, and then somebody says, "Oh, can you go to Plymouth or can you go to Carlisle?" Or yeah. you're having to, you know, that's your trade, and it's the, it can be put a lot of pressure on you psychologically. And is it an entirely different game physically in the lower leagues? I think it's a different culture down there. You know, at the top clubs, it's like a, you know, a palace, isn't it, really? You know, you look at City's training ground, now United's Carrington, you know, Liverpool have updated their stuff over the last few years, Everton's now. It's a it's space-age stuff, isn't it? Yeah. I think when I went down to Exeter, I had to clean my own kit and all that. It's mm-hmm. like a bit, a bit yeah. of a shock to the season, but yeah. but it, it, made you, it made me grow up a little bit. You know, I was down there at 19 and it, it brought me on from a from a sort of personal skills perspective, because yeah. you, you had to look after yourself and, you know, help you out a little bit. Yeah, the, well, it's skills for life as well. Skills for life. That everybody else, like, away from a rarefied atmosphere of yeah. football, 
everybody else learns that at sort of yeah. 16, 17, 18, yeah. don't they? Well, you, you're very protected, aren't you, as a, as a player? Everything's done for you. All you've got to basically do, in, do is turn up and play. You know, at least certainly in these top clubs, you know, you've got... You turn up to if you're going away, your your passport's collected in prior, so you don't have to worry about that. Or your plane's booked for you, get off here, hotel sorted. I don't know. Jaden Sancho did forget his earlier <laughs> in the season, <laughs> did he? Yeah. Yeah. So no, um, so, great, so, great life. You, you're talking about the the impact that it has on on mental health, mm -hmm. and that's something that you're working with now yeah, today, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, my, I've, I'm doing. A, I'm just coming to the end of a PhD at the moment, looking at how football players get challenged by by different things and you know if you think about a lot of players that especially in the modern day you, you're involved with football at four or five year old now you, you know it's bizarre i'm not a great fan of this but you read in city united liverpool kids are going on trial at ridiculous ages mm. and they're, they're having like there's an under eight academy squad an under eight development squad an under eight there's shadow under, development there's an under four oh. now at city and united wow. we have an under four group yeah he sure it's not four. just a crash <laughs> well yeah <laughs> yeah they just they just kick lumps out of each other they don't know where the ball is most yeah. of them but uh yeah, yeah. it is scary because that's young isn't it it, it, it wow. is and and what you've got to be careful of is you almost get like an exclusive identity to football and then you stop other areas developing in your in your journey. Like, there's no school, presumably, or is, what is the schooling? Well, you, you, as part of the PFA and the FA in the Premier League, you, 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 you carry on with your school, and I think City are very good on that. Yeah, a lot of the big clubs now, they get private academies, yeah. I mean, City get kind of Saint Beads, and, mm -hmm. you know, I think United are, are tied up to a to a private uh, yeah. private school as well. Yeah. But I think even, uh, I think I'm right in saying, even the likes of Berry, I think uh, from next season, I think my son's eligible for day release, mm -hmm. so he'll be playing one day a week in, in Carrington, playing football all day, and there's a tutor there to top them up with their education. Yeah. But like you said there, Alan, mm -hmm. he's only a very select few that will yeah. ever become yeah, footballers, so the one worry with that as a dad is if he doesn't make it is he is he losing 20 percent of his education because he's missing a day yeah, a week. Do you get what yeah, i mean it's yeah. a, but at the it's same a little time, bit concerning I, I but you have to take that yeah. punt as a dad as well but i can also yeah. understand parents going yeah but i mean that could be like you know print uh, a license to print money if yeah. he if he even if he gets to like an average premier league club like the the wages are, are oh more, god yeah Premier League like yeah. Alan said Premier League you've made it you know you, you probably won't you know you won't have to worry about money yeah. too much but it's League One you know great just a little shout out to the Shakers who got promoted last yeah. night they're now in League One but the money that these guys are on are not, mm. is, not, is not enough to retire on you know so it's, it's no, going to no. be difficult and all the people who get injured at 15 and 16 yeah exactly yeah. missed yeah. like a fifth of the schooling and then you're like Oh, by the way, you're, you know, you're, you're not really done. a failure, yeah. Yeah. but you've been branded by football. We don't want you. Oh, you, you've broken your leg. We yeah. can't use you. What do you, how do you pick yourself up from that when you're just a yeah. kid? Psychologically? It's hard. It's having well, good parents and good, good role models in the life. Um, mm. That experience of being injured and having to give up is something that Alan knows about too well. Yeah. And we're going to talk to him more about that. Um, but Danny's got to shoot off now. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks. And, sorry um, to, sorry where are you going? Go. You're on day release. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm too thick and rubbish in football. It, so it's just because Alan's way more interesting. Touche. All right. We're going to speak more to Alan and Lester Danny after this. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. 
So this is the Manchester Football Social, and it's all gone a little bit Man United in here now. Because, yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Danny's nipped out. I'm neutral tonight, so uh, we well, can be City. All right, okay. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll do my best. I'm Ant McGinley. This is Alex Boardman. Hiya. And uh, for once, there's somebody in the studio with us that knows what they're talking about when it comes to football, because <laughs> uh, we're joined by a former professional, played for United and for Exeter City as well. Alan Tom, good evening. Hi, hi, okay, aren't you? Good, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so we were talking about a couple of things just as, as we have been doing. I mean, you can't help but when you get into a room with somebody like you, even when we stop for the break and nip off and get a glass of water, we're still asking loads of questions. And I was just thinking then, like, uh, Danny was talking about his son playing and that. Like, for your dad as a United fan, he must have been over the moon when you got signed by Sir Alex. Well, it's, it's like, it's, it's you know, my me, me family are all Reds and uh, I've followed kind of my dad's lead in, in United and, and just, you know, Alex were touching on it early on about, I can remember vividly the days of the cup finals, yeah. like my early experiences of cup finals, was a 77 one, 79 heartbreak, That's Arsenal the and then into 83, yeah. 85 and... And gr- they used to be great days, didn't they? Well, they like good, yeah, for good United, times. they were the good old days. That's kind of all we had because Liverpool won the league more or less every season. Yeah, and uh, but it was it felt like it was enough. Yeah, I felt yeah. like because people at the time were like, "Oh, you're a glory hunter, yeah. Sporting United." <laughs> That's what you were called, and it yeah. was like two FA Cups in yeah. ten years. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah, yeah. we actually with two FA Cups in thirteen years. Yeah. Then you get built, beat in the Milk yeah. Cup final by Liverpool. To be, to be honest, you might be having to get used to that again. So. Do you know what? I, I'd go back to it. If, if I could go back and do it all again, <laughs> United in the 80s was a laugh. It was mm. brilliant. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your career and what yeah. happened to you because you you had to retire from the game pretty young, didn't yeah. you? I was only I was only fairly young. Uh, I think it was just sort of come away from United. I got another chance under Alan Ball, like old World Cup Legend. winner. Yeah, yeah he, wow. he's City manager yeah. as well, and he Ball for a spell, and he said come down to Exeter, which at the time seemed on, on the other end of the planet. Yeah. Because obviously I'd like, grown up in I, Manchester I, I and Bolton. And I like. have, I've done that. I, I went on a date in Exeter in 1996 <laughs> during the European Championship. This is my first internet date. That's how old I am and how old the internet was. And the journey down there was about six oh, hours yes. on the train. It is. It's like you fall off the end of the country. When you, you get to Bristol driving. and you're only halfway there. You're oh, like, yeah. oh, I must be nearly yeah. here. Oh, no, another three hours. But uh, you know what? I absolutely loved it down there, and it gave me an opportunity to 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 try and rebuild. You know, a little bit of a shock to the system. Yeah, I think United. were you player of the season that first yeah, year? Yeah, I, I did really well, and uh, like I say, I was breaking into the first team. I was getting some regular football, and you know, starting to enjoy my, my football again. And, and how old are you at this point? About nineteen. Yeah, I was uh, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, and then uh, I started to get my contract was running out, and I had problems with. I was getting pins and needles in my, my hands and my feet and my legs, and I thought I, I, I was a bit—I was ridiculously stupid at the time. I kept playing with it, thinking, "Well, if I rub loads of DPs onto it, I'll, yeah. be, I'll be all right." But it was the most stupidest thing to do. And anyway, it got—it got to a situation where I started to go and see the physio, and he, he said, "Sent you for a scan." And I went down. I think it was Bristol Hospital, French A Hospital. They had a look at my back and said, "It's in a right mess, and you're going to need some screws and plates in there." Whoa, spinal fusion whoa. done, and so what, I mean, when they say it was in a mess, mm. it, it just been like the way your back had developed. You played too much football, to Poss- possibly. I mean, it, back back then, I think it was just you know we weren't as maybe 
looked after as the academy lads are and I think back then you were playing for your school team your Sunday team you were playing for United on a Saturday morning and yeah. training as well to consider and I remember and this is how ridiculous I was that run down when I was doing my GCSEs you know you get like styes on your eyes yeah, when, yeah. when you're like really tired I had one on my left eye and one on my right eye wow. doing my GCSE so too much football I think what what had happened to me when I was 2012 20, I think it finally caught up and but did, did, I'm thinking like the likes of was it, it Norman Whiteside's knees that mm-hmm. went and there's, yeah, that yeah. happens quite a lot and they say yeah. they've, play, they've already played like a thousand games by the yeah. time they're like 24 or whatever absolutely but the, I mean the back and obviously you know the fact that you're getting pins and needles yes. affects your spinal cord and that's a real yeah, serious yeah, well, it's, it's, it's the surgeon said, you know, if you'd have gone in for if you'd have, if you'd have gone in for a tackle at the wrong time or someone had caught you wrong there, that could have severed your your spinal nerves, wow. and that that and would have been be yeah, well, lost. You would have you know been in a wheelchair, and you know that, that's the that's how you look back and you think, what on earth was I doing, just trying to keep playing? But I was trying to win another contract, like to get another yeah. couple of years. And or presumably, and, I mean, we've all like when you're a kid, you play with the odd like, oh my ankles yeah. hurting. Mate, it's just a knock, isn't it? Yeah, but, yeah. So you wouldn't have thought anything more no, sinister? No, I was, I was going out and, I, like I say, I was just rubbing, like, doing my best to get through games mm. because I, I wanted to sort of say, well, we'll give you another two years and you think, well, then I can maybe address it. But, but wow. um, yeah, and ended up with two operations on it and had to see the surgeon after and he said, you know, we recommend that from a professional football perspective, it's, it's gonna, you're going to have to call it a day, unfortunately, so... Yeah, I. Uh, so to, where do you turn? Where do you turn then? Because oh, difficult, difficult times. I was like, I, I was lost. I, I was lost for about three, at least three or four years after that. Because I was a funny age when I packed it. I was like twenty-four, and you're thinking I should really be earning wages now, but I wasn't qualified in anything else. I'd picked up a couple of coaching awards yeah. along the way, but but back then it wasn't. It wasn't like you didn't have under nines through to under sixteens. You kind of a lot of clubs were operating from under fourteens onwards. So coaching jobs were not really, really um, available. You, you, usually in a in a club, you had like your manager, your assistant manager, your youth coach. Whereas these days, they've got like strength and conditioning coaches, performance analysts, sports scientists. So a lot, a lot more maybe opportunities for for people who are coming out of the game and want to stay in football. Yeah, and the thing is, like, so, so I'm assuming you had the the this fusion and the metal yeah, bits put yeah. in your back. But like, you, you walked in today, I, I I didn't look at you and think there's a man who's carrying an injury. Yeah. So obviously they did a fairly good job. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you've been able to go on and live a life. But yeah. I mean. I, I, I think most people would be completely understanding if you were to say, you know, I was severely depressed, I turned mm. the bottle, whatever yeah. was going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's like, I think at the end of the day, you, you could, because you're lost and you've you've kind of lost that identity as a footballer, your, de- your days are like, oh, I'll just go and have a game of pool down the pub and then that ends up with a couple of pints getting sunk or let's have a bet in the afternoon and, and it's all... It, we call it in academia, it's maladaptive coping mechanisms. You turn into the wrong stuff to sort of try and get over your thing. So so it was like I said, I was four years out lost. I was going through a series of jobs, you know, and it, and it sounds like, you know, not without being a big head or anything, but you're like, you're going, you've gone from like Man United to working in a warehouse or, you know, yeah, it's all right. Because yeah. I'm not that type of lad to think I'm above anybody else. I'm not. But it was a bit of a shock to the system where you've been like with Fergie and Giggsy. Yeah, but exactly, now you're yeah. in like, you're driving a forklift truck or with you're me. packing a lorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, so it, but, but that's the way it was. But I decided the best decision I ever made was going back to, I went back to university at 28 
and it was a, it was a massive decision at the time because you're thinking, well, at 20 I should be earning like wages. Yeah, and yeah. You're thinking, but I've got another 30, 40 years of my life yet sure. to, to bring some income. And in, what so. did you do? I did a degree in sports science. So, right, so, so still they're st in the same field. In the same field, I was interested in sport. I wanted to try and stay in sport. So I went and did a degree, and then straight after that, I got a bit of inspiration from the lecturers that that, that was at the uni at the time. I thought, well, I, I could do that myself. I could have a crack at teaching. And then I did a, a PGC, like a teacher training qualification. Following that, I've picked up a master's degree since that in philosophy. <laughs> and then into, uh, into uh, I'm just on the end of finishing a PhD. So, so I've kind of gone back. I re-engaged with my education. At 28, when you were thinking, oh, I kind of need to get a job. You're still 20 years old. You still haven't. I know. I know. I know. So I'm, I'm just trying to think as well. Like You'd always get that thing where the nicknames for footballers would be Professor if they had a GCSE. Yeah. Right? yeah. But you're, you're, yeah, with you're a PhD, right. you're going to be, will you be doctor. a doctor? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's about, I think what I'm trying to do is make a difference and think, well, the, the kind of, you know, I'm not saying there wasn't care and and there wasn't support back then because there was, but it was like like well, just fill in this form and you can, we'll 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 pay for your course for you. Like I think I think you need to have more players need to be kept involved a little bit more. But that's so difficult because you're getting nines to sixteens and there's there's deselection happening all the time. Mm. Twelve year olds are getting released, thirteen year olds are getting released, and you know it can have a big impact yeah. on you. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. ultimately that's your dream, isn't it? You're following yeah. that dream of being a pro player. And, and like Dan was saying before, unfortunately, it doesn't happen to a lot of players in, in the scheme. I think it was Michael Calvin who did the I'm No Hunger in Paradise stuff. 0.001% I'll ever play in the Premier League who wow. are in an academy at the moment. It's, it's ridiculous yeah, figures. that was on telly last night, actually. It's on, mm. on BT, yeah, yeah. possibly. So, so uh, just the question is then, how do you go about lifting somebody out of that? So, like, say, you know, and it's going to be, it happens all the time, as you say, but... If if we've got somebody listening who's a parent of, of, of a kid who's just been deselected, which sounds like a horribly yeah, HR yeah, yeah, term, yeah. Um, like, where do they start? Do they, do they just, like, speak to somebody like you, or is there stuff that they can do in the homework with them? Well, I think it's about trying to find another purpose, if that makes sense. You have to try and find something that, that you want to do, and I think that's easier said than done sometimes, especially if you've been, you know, all your energies have been channeled into being a footballer, and... And that's why I think there's a lot of firms and a lot of organisations now who are trying to help with that transition. You've got, like, I think Leon McKenzie and, and Robbie Simpson, who plays with MK Dons, he's set up, like, LAPS, it's called, Life After Professional Sport. Uh, see, a, a lot of the rugby league lads are doing, like, things like Switch the Play and uh, Beyond Football or Beyond Sport. And so I think, I think any advice that would be useful to pass on to any parents listening would be you'll th think of plan B's so hopefully you'll get plan A and you'll have a great career you'll get to 35, 36 but you know at the end of the day 35, 36 they're going to have to think of something else either going into coaching or doing something mm. with their lives you know because it, you know, it, it, it doesn't just stop at 35, 36 you have to find something else to do well, they used so. to just open pubs didn't they famously yeah. footballers in the 60s yeah. and 70s yeah. Yeah. stop at 30 because they're injured and then yeah. they just open a pub but mm. there's so many other options I mean like yeah. today you could launch your own brand of perfume yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> so I don't know if you've seen this but uh, is it called Fierce? The Fierce, yeah, it's a limit. Have you seen this, Alan? 
I've briefly, briefly seen a little bit on the social media stuff. Yeah. So, bearing in mind, United, last chance Celine to get top four. It would appear, nothing's set in stone yet, but Chelsea. Mm. The Chelsea result, Lukaku actually played well. He's not played well yeah. most of the season. Yeah. Um, he was puffing and panting after he sprinted half, half the length of half the pitch <laughs> uh, on, on 25 minutes. Mm. Uh, so, anyway, I think it was either this morning or, or yesterday, he put out a tweet saying he's releasing a limited edition fragrance, was mm. the word, mm. um, at a, a, a famous London store, the one in Manchester, I think it's Abercrombie and & Fitch, and it's available in very limited quantities, and it's called Fierce. Mm. And then, as you can imagine, Twitter proceeded to <laughs> meltdown. Uh, what, do, what does it smell of? I don't know. <laughs> Sandalwood. Failure. I always, yeah. Do you know what? It won't smell of sweat. That's one thing it won't smell of. It won't smell of effort or victory. I mean, the the thing is, obviously, it's a very different world these days in terms of the, the brand partnerships and stuff. But when you were playing, Alan, was there, was there anything like this starting to creep in? Or was it just literally like, you know... No, I think, I think when I played, I think you probably, you know, even your top players were very, very, like, working class backgrounds. And, you know, a lot of the top players these days, have, have come they, through the working class. Yeah, they all still are, I think, aren't they? But I think, I think the more superior players tend to have a little bit, I think they're more of a brand now. Alex yeah, well, at, and Lingard, for instance, earlier this season, launched a clothing range. Mm -hmm. Rio Ferdinand's got a clothing range. I, I don't know what Pogba has, actually. I know he's always he's big with Adidas, isn't he? He's got an attitude problem. That's what he's got. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Yeah. And I, I mean, you don't want to be, like, accused, because everything changes... And you don't, Roy Keane got sort of hammered a little bit by saying, um, after the, after the game last week, saying, oh, football, why don't they do this when they retire? And also footballers, you know, they, they're not trying now, they're too mollycoddled, they're not even doing the basics well. But mm -hmm. it just seems like the timing is always so bad. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Wait, all you have to do is wait two weeks. The season's over, do it then. You might not be at United, you might still be at United. And, from like watching, say someone like Aguero, who you could argue is a model pro, really, he's been there a long time. I don't remember him doing anything like this. Do you know what I mean? That's what's a bit worrying mm. in a way. You're yeah. like, what is the culture? Yeah. Is it a football culture? Is it like a make money culture? You, you got to be careful on distractions, haven't you? As well, like you, you mentioned there, Keno had always said, "I don't mind lads doing things around, you know, like interviews and stuff like that." But your football comes first, and you don't want them to get distracted in other areas because any any little part of that football yeah. distraction, and you, you could your phone dips and stuff like well, that. Presumably, then? Fergie wouldn't have allowed it. No, you you would have been would. like bringing out a fragrance. <laughs> get, get that bloody fragrance <laughs> off here! You're not, you're not doing that. That's what you're going to go off to, Alex. Um, so, if yeah. you want to hear more about Alan, go and check out the uh, brilliant podcast with uh, Clint Boone, Humans of Excess Manchester. Uh, Alan's on one of the latest episodes. Um, you're involved with a degree in the football industry at the minute. You've got ten seconds. Sell That's it. right. Yeah, we're, I work for UCFB, so uh, we, we do degrees in the football industry. So marketing, sports coaching, uh, football management, uh, finance, etc. So if could, anyone's interested, uh, apply. Okay, yeah. could me and Alex get on it? Ch jump on, yeah. Is, right. it, is it free? <laughs> <laughs> Expensive uh, these, is it? I know, I know so, it is. Yeah, so... All right, coming up next on Excess Manchester, Arctic Monkeys and The Strokes. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.